Hello everyone, I'm Christina of Lacuna Coil and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast. Rock on. Welcome to Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunacore community. Uh, we have uh, published our first five episodes, as you've probably heard, and we're changing the format a little bit now, so let's get cracking. I'll start off by introducing my two co-hosts, that's uh, Mike Dyer and Russell Taylor. Hello guys, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. Good. Yeah. Mike, uh, and same to you, Matt. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, we're a bit green on this, guys, so you'll probably hear us mumbling and fumbling over our words, but that's 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 fine. Uh, before we go any further, though, uh, as you've probably all read and heard the news, uh, very sad news of uh, ex-Lacunacore guitarist Claudio Leo has passed away recently. So um, on behalf of Empty Spiral and the Empty Spiral podcast, we'd like to send our condolences to uh, everyone that uh, knew Claudio. Uh, his friends and family. I know this is a tough time for everybody. Yeah, I'd just like to uh, pick up on that as well and think that uh, it'll be sorely missed and Russ will probably agree that uh, it's a huge, huge loss to the community and uh, and to everyone in general. So uh, our hearts go out to, to everyone involved, as Matt says. Again, just following on from both Mike and Matt, obviously thoughts go out to sort of the family. And obviously everyone in the band, it's uh, what is for them uh, a difficult time. So thoughts with them all. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, let's just talk through the agenda. What we've, what we've got for you guys today. So firstly, we're gonna, you're going to find out a little bit about the three of us, who we are, uh, how we got into Luke and Nicole. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the news that you might have seen on the website and what Luke and Nicole, the band, are up to at the moment. And then we're going to go into a regular spot that we, we plan to do, which is where we're going to review... All of Lacuna Core songs. Don't worry, it won't all be in one podcast. Uh, we intend to split it up with one song every time we release a podcast. And we'll, we'll talk about the song itself, what we think about it, and uh, maybe give it a score. Uh, so uh, let's let's get cracking, shall we? Um, starting off with our introduction then. I've uh, introduced the last five uh, Empty Spiral podcasts, and you probably know me from the website. Um, but uh, let's... Let's find out a little bit about the co-host. So we'll start with you, Russ. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, essentially, I got into the band sort of um, through work experience, funnily enough. Um, it was around about 1999. Uh, I was at a uh, MVC store, um, and basically, from memory, Paradise Lost's host had just come out. I was very much into that sort of style of music. And one of my co-workers basically uh, turned me on to what was at the time the, the first EP in Inner Rivery. And it sort of uh, rolled on from there, really. Oh, wow. So you've really been there from the beginning then? Pretty pretty much. I mean, it wasn't a case of um, I caught on and then saw the band very early. Uh, my first show, I think, was around about 2001. Um, but as I said, it's sort of more um, an expanded listing that's developed over time. Sure, sure. Like, what about you, Mike? Um, well, for me, uh, probably about 2000, uh, round about then, uh, my ex-girlfriend gave me uh, Unleashed Memories to listen to, 
uh, distinctly remember Cold Heritage was the first song I ever heard and like, kind of snowballed from there, really. Uh, first show was 2003 in London. And, um, well, that's when the, the these are like everything started from there. And they've been a huge fan ever since. Excellent, excellent. Sounds like you were at the same show as me. Was was it the one after Christmas at the Astoria in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was uh, my Metal f- Hammered uh, thing, wasn't it? That's right, with Moonspell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my first Lacuna Call show as well. I I got into the band uh, in 2002, so actually I'm, I think I'm the new boy here. Yeah. Uh, my friend lent me Unleashed Memories, <laughs> and I didn't listen to it for far too long. Actually, probably about, I don't know, it must have been about two, three three weeks maybe even a month um before i put it on and uh, when i first listened to it i was kind of blown blown away by it and yeah as you say it's uh that's, that was the first start of a, of a long journey as it were yeah so, it sounds um, very very similar for the three of us it's one of those there's very few bands where the very first time you, you hear them there's just something about it that hits you and you're sort of um you know entranced ever since and it's funny enough it sounds like it, you know it happens to all three of us oh yeah i'll completely agree i mean yeah I, yeah I, totally you you say you were into Paradise Lost and that kind of music. I I wasn't even into that kind of music when I first listened to the band. I was probably coming out of a kind of a post grunge kind of music, <laughs> as, as as we all do. Yeah, we we lived through the nineties and all that. And I I remember I wasn't really even into metal at the time. I was into all kinds of definitely rock, but nothing really heavy and. I was exchanging emails, uh, exchanging emails, exchanging CDs, and with a friend, and he was sending me things like Machine Head over, and I was, I think I was also listening to things like U2. You know, I'd even gone back to my roots from the eighties and listened to U2, and he, he dropped this one in and said, "Give this a go, you might like it." And yeah, absolutely. That, as you say, in trance from day one. That actually led on to the creation of Empty Spiral because when I, as soon as I. As soon as I finished listening to that, I wanted to do something. I wanted to find out more. And back in 2002, there really wasn't a lot on the internet about the band. No, and it's uh... Empty Spiral. As you said, obviously, the last few podcasts you've done, the the 10th anniversary of Coma Lies. Mm. Is it not the just gone the 10th anniversary of uh, ES as well? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, well... I was just looking today, funnily enough, at when Empty Spiral went live, and it was June 2003. My God, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the first month from the looks of things, just going back and looking at what's on the site, because I've kept everything since that time, There's the, the first news item is from July, in fact, so the first month must have been spent with me fixing bugs and <laughs> getting the graphic <laughs> getting the graphics working i've actually still got a screenshot of what it looked like those years ago very different from what it was today although the forum hasn't changed a lot there's still oh, i don't know over 50 no i think it's half a million forum posts on on there you can still go back and find them all which is a really good thing yeah i think that's one of the one of the uh one of the things i'd like to thank you for along with everyone else is all, all the hard work you've put in over 10 years and like uh, developing on from Empty Spiral as the friendships that you make on the forum as well as at the gigs and it's all intertwined so uh, I would think that Russ probably thinks the same way I certainly met you Matt and have met you Russ as well through through like Empty Spiral and, and the band so it's uh, very good for friendships I think that are long lasting if you will yeah, agree definitely. very much so 
Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. So what I will say, and I've said this for anybody though, is that it's only as good as the community. You know, it doesn't matter what you do with a website; it, it, it needs the people. And from my experience over the last ten years, fans of Lacuna Carl are just universally great people. Um, so friendly everywhere you go, bound together by that, that that love that we all share, and it's just absolutely great. Uh, I wouldn't go to as many shows as I as I do go to if it wasn't for the the fact that I get to meet cool new people and hang out with with people I already know uh, time and time again. That's that's part of the fun, isn't it? It really is. Uh, yeah, okay. Definitely. <clears throat> okay. Well, you know a little bit more about us now. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to a little bit of news for you. Uh, as you probably know, the band have just finished off playing two shows on the seventy thousand tons of metal. The uh, touring Caribbean... Was it Caribbean? It is Caribbean Cruise, isn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, Car- yeah, yeah I believe so. With loads of other bands on there. Um, and it looks like they had a really good time, actually, as did a number of people. I've seen some pictures on Facebook, and I've, uh, I think someone's also posted a, an Entwine video on on YouTube, uh, Taken Live. Is that right? It, yep, yep. So we'll we'll put that in the show notes later for, for people to see. Um Setlist wise, uh, we can reveal the setlist which we found out today. So what have we got here? We uh, starting off with "I Don't Believe in Tomorrow," and then "I Won't Tell You," "Kill the Light," "Self Deception," "Heaven's a Lie," "To the Edge," "Upside Down," "Fragile," "Swamped," "Survive," "Trip the Darkness," and "Spellbind." That was the the first um, set they played. I think they spread their the shows once uh, two shows over each night or something like that. No, sorry. Uh, a show a night over two nights. What do you think of that set list, guys? Uh, well, I think it's pretty much a very good mix, like the uh, the the last tour that we've uh, all all just uh, been to and experienced. I think it's uh, f- certainly well. It starts off with a, um, a great track, and um, I think it's a good mix for older fans as well. If you in uh, if you if you've been with them and following them for a long time like we have i think you look at that the first thing that strikes you from sort of the band's repertoire is it's actually a very heavy song set list in terms of the song choice so which is is pretty good going if you consider it's you know the seventy thousand tons of metal fest yeah okay so uh, i love mm. i don't believe in tomorrow that's a brilliant opener that's up there with swamped for me as a the starting song you know for any any lacuna call show and I, I hope that stays number one for a long time um, what surprised me was seeing self-deception on there. I wasn't expecting to see that. No, I think that's uh, that's good that it's been resurrected on and put on there. It's uh, also like one nineteen is one of my favourites when that that goes uh, on the set list. And I also think self-deception's a great uh, great song to get the crowd going. So if it's something uh, something like this seventy thousand tons of metal thing, I think. It probably worked really well when it was on there. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. uh, it's interesting that, that uh, we didn't see um, Tightrope on there. It's one of the heavier songs. Yeah, yeah. And and I can't believe you, you broke the first rule of 119 in that you do not talk about 119. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> what do you think, Russ, of that set list? Um, um, I, I think it's a very good, very well-rounded set. I mean, I'd be very sort of happy sort of if I was sort of, uh, you know, sunny out up on, on, the, on the boat with a beer. But um, one thing that does strike me, which is quite unusual, is there's no R-Truth in the first set list. That's so, very true. You're absolutely which right. Which is very, from a, from a fan's perspective, it's, it's very interesting. 
I suppose that got people back for the next night because funnily you should say that on the the second set that they did whilst on the tour they start off with our truth uh we get a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of repetition with some of the songs in this in the second set list but generally speaking we, we're hearing new ones we've got upside down uh, we've got self-deception again we've got i won't tell you we got kill the light uh, and then we get entwined which is great um and then we get to live is to hide uh, then we get Sensafine, um, Fragile Again, Survive, Trip the Darkness, and they finish off with My Spirit, which is a brilliant way to finish off the set list. So mm. it's, that's really interesting. There's kind of about 50%, isn't it, repeated there, but with some real interesting decisions made on some of the older songs, like Sensafine, um, like To Live Is To Hide. What do you think about that? Uh, well, think, um, sorry, go on, Mike. Uh, well, I just think that it it focuses on it. Certainly, is a different mix, and um, I think with the older stuff, that does cover all bases. If well, like with everyone that is on the boat, will be obviously a mix of newer and older fans. So it's catering for both both sets of fans, especially if they're uh, tempted to go and see it on both nights, perhaps. So uh, I think it works really well. Mm. Again, just sort of echoing Mike's sentiment, very much the same. And I think if you get sort of a song like To Live Is To Hide, it's always, or for me, it's always been a highlight in the set uh, because it is one of those striking Lacuna Coil songs that is so radically different to anything else that you can hear, both in terms of sort of the introduction and sort of how, how the vocal lines come in. Mm-hmm. So again, for me, that's always very much a high, a high point of any set list. Totally agree. And any set list has got entwined and it gets my thumbs up as well. I wonder how many people went for the second night. I don't know whether or not they were up against, you know, any when any other band was playing at the same time as then. I get mm. the impression there's like an outside part at the back of the ship and then there's an inside part. So I'm guessing there's bands play, you, you play one, then the other, but I don't know whether or not they do it like at some festivals where you, you, you run from one to the other and they just alternate while they're setting up the next band or whether or not you'll have bands on there at the same time. I don't know. Maybe mm. if you if someone out there knows, has been to 70,000 tonnes of, of metal, you can let us know, just just to clear up that question, really. Ah, very good. Well, of course, now that they've finished on the, uh, the Caribbean cruise, which is really a holiday, come on, guys, we know. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've uh, just started their tour with Seven Dust. Uh, started playing from yesterday as we record that and they're going through to pretty much the end of February uh, if anybody has any experiences on the show or knows the set list or wants to talk about it, about what they heard and what they saw whether they met the band or whether they were VIP or whatever really uh, just drop us a line get in contact and uh, we'd love to hear from you what else have we got in news wise uh, posted on ES this week although realistically the news is pretty old now because it was the end of December uh, Lacuna Coil's record label Century Media has released a two CD version of Unleashed Memories to celebrate 25 years of the record label. Interesting choice. Yeah, good choice. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, thoughts? I was expecting Comalize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing. The other thing that I can think of, uh, well, one thing that did spring to mind is why why did the the uh, the package the Wacken thing, the the settlers from there with it? Because t- to me that didn't make much sense that 
if it's a celebratory thing, if the 25 years, you would think that they just, I don't know, either the coma is treatment or the unleashed memories on its own, maybe with something else rather than a live performance there from Wackenicht, to me, didn't make much sense. Yeah, I think it was pretty strange, actually. Although mm. it's, it's, I guess, I can see why they would do it because the only place to really get the live set from, from Wacken was on the Visual Karma DVD. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it was, because there was two versions of the Visual Karma DVD, <coughs> as I remember, uh, and one included it and one didn't. Is that right? I'm trying to cast my mind back now. I think so from memory because you had the standard edition, which was just the DVD, and then you had the deluxe, which I think was the, the DVD. It had the Wacken Live set, which I think was, was it 2006 or 2007? 07, um, I think it was. 07, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other very interesting thing that was part of that package, if everyone, if, or if anyone has a surround sound system, is it had a 5.1 surround mix of Karma Code. He did indeed, interesting. yes. Yeah, which is very interesting, uh, specifically when you listen to Closer. So um, if anyone's got a 5.1 surround sound and that specific mix, uh, definitely worth checking out Closer. Do you know I've got a 5? Actually, I've got a 5 because I don't have the... The, uh, the, 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 the point 0.1. The, the point 0.1. I don't have the point 0.1, but I've got a 5 system. And do you know, I've never done that. I really need to fire that up and put the DVD in and uh, give it a listen, actually. Uh, what you'll be doing tonight now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay, um, final bit of news we have is uh, there is a, an official new poster of Christina, which has been uh, is only, only available through EMP Direct. Uh, check it out. We'll put the URL up in the show notes. But for those of you that can't wait, it's at uh, www.emp-online.co.uk. And if you just search for Lacuna Core, you'll see the new poster. I think it's only been on there about a month or so. And it's well worth checking out because it's a beautiful poster. Okay, let's move on, shall we? So what we're going to do is we're going to review each of the songs. Uh, We haven't decided whether we're going to do them in order yet, have we, guys? No. But we're certainly going to start with the first song that I think quite a few people would have heard because it's the first song off the album. So I'm guessing it was your first song that you heard, Russ. It was indeed. Um, I had a very, very dodgy cassette, um, a copy of it at the time. And um, as I said, the first thing that struck me um, was the, the dual vocal interplay, the male and the, and the female vocals, because for me that was probably... Um, the main reason that drew me to the band because it was so radically different to anything at the time. Um, again, this was before you sort of had the likes of Within Temptation, Nightwish, and everyone sort of breaking out, as it were. And it was, as I said, going back to 1999 and someone who was just listening to Paradise Lost and that type of band. It was just so radically different. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought about how different it would have been in 1999, actually. There would have been few bands around. I'm thinking we would have heard maybe The Gathering was... Annika was in the gathering at the time, I think, but I'm not very good with the history of the gathering, so um not sure whether that would have been true. I'm sure there were other European bands around with that style of music, but you're right, it, it would have been seen by a lot of people as very new and very fresh. Um, what do you think of the song? 
Um, for me, it's probably still one of my favourite songs. Um, it's in terms of the band's repertoire, you could say it's one of the more simpler songs. Um, but there's certain um, individual styles of songs that you're you're just drawn to, and I think perhaps for me, because it was literally the first song I heard, um, there is always sort of a, a special place for it. Uh, one of the things I've always liked on it is sort of uh, the accent on, on the cymbals on the drums, which again at the time um, when everyone was just going for, you know, brutality and heaviness, it just sort of mixed things up. Um, you've obviously got some influences there in terms of the guitars of, you know, Paradise Lost, which is obviously clearly an influence on the band. Um, but again, it was it was it had its influences, but at the same time, it, it took a left or a right turn. It was so different. I have to say I love the opening just as an opening both to in this case an EP but it could easily be an album and as a song itself I think the and the first couple of lines that oh, I got the key to open all the gates I see I have no idea actually what that means I'm sure it's a metaphor either that or someone walking for a long garden um, <laughs> I want all this power inside of me I, I, I just think that's so powerful it's such a great great line um, what about you Mike what do you think of it well, uh, well, just touching on that, I just think that the whole the whole thing lyrically is is perfect. There for well, it keeps you guessing certainly throughout the songs. But mm. as an opener for the album, it does hit you kind of like a freight train with with how lively it is. And of course, if you listen to Christina's voice now and you listen to it then, it's uh, it certainly certainly sounds different. I think uh, way back then when they started. But I think that they they do have a rawness and a freshness about them that is carried through now. But uh, it's evolved differently for them. So I think that as an opener, I just think it's it's a good stepping stone to the rest of the uh, the EP. Yeah, I, I I agree. I and I agree with you on the rawness part. It does feel very very yeah. different. What I did notice when I was looking at the lyrics, actually, I noticed that there is a I, I guess is a. I'd say, and it, this might sound a little unfair, but almost an immaturity to the Englishness of the lyrics, which I think is possibly mm. a reflection of the the fact that the band is Italian, and I suspect that when they were writing this song, they didn't have the, the same grasp of the English language that they might have, well, they they would they would have today. And I, I particularly love a line which says, "Let me say you're truly raspy." I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell? When was the last time you heard the word raspberry? Raspy, I should say, not raspberry, raspy in the music. <laughs> and I was like, looked it up. I was like, does that mean something else that I didn't think it meant? Uh, but no, it still means harsh or grating, a gravelly voice. So someone is, let me say you're truly raspy. Um, but I, I think my my favourite line in it actually is is probably the line just before Andrea kind of chips in as it were and i know you're scared about the life that comes and then he follows up with look in the mirror the fear is a part of you i mean that's just a great combination of two lines there right yeah. towards the end of the song i also noticed that the song doesn't really have much of a chorus it's almost an instrumental chorus it's just, it's just a series of verses really which i think is a, quite an interesting and uh yeah quite an interesting way of putting the get a song together and i think they've done that a few times now but yeah, very, very good song. Uh, I like the, the slow death towards the end. It just sort of tails out. And then there's a little guitar kind of echoing twang just to sort of finish off the song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely it. 
it's like you say with the uh, the structure of the song it's just like a series of uh, just plodding along plodding along plodding along but i think that's what makes it work so well as as um as an opener it's you know, no i really like it I'm just sort of thinking, going back to sort of the, the back in the day, as it were, sort of the thing that always sort of stands out even now. If you sort of talk to fans, it's sort of very much a band where people tend to draw a lot of positivity from. And one of the key lines that sort of, you know, hangs out in that song is the line, just try to be yourself, which when you think, if you're going back to the likes of, you know, doom or goth rock, it was always very much doom and gloom. And whilst looking at all, there is an element of, of, of gothicness in those songs, um, it's with an, an air and a message of positivity. And again, I thought that was always, again, something that was different and fresh. That's true. Um, the, the, the poetry in the, the lyrics is actually feels very different from the quite sort of downturn sound of the song itself, doesn't it? I love the fact mm. that after that line, you've got try to destroy, uh, try to destroy all what you feel inside, which is almost to me like try to get rid of all of those emotions. I don't really get the song, though, I have to say. I don't know why it's called No Need to Explain. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I can't. I don't get all the lyrics together. I don't know whether that's a reflection of again the Italian translation, or the, or I should say the the fact that when they built the lyrics, that, that they didn't have complete familiarity of the English language, or whether it was intentional. I really don't know. I mean, I love the lyrics. Don't get me wrong, but I just I don't get them. <laughs> I really don't understand it. <laughs> There's, there's always been almost like a, a crypticness about it, which, you know. Yeah, it's it, not, it's not it, the last time they do that. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll mention 119 a bit later. Stop it, yeah. stop, yeah. it stop yeah, yeah. it, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> so, final thoughts on the song? Out of what would like us to score it? Yeah, or... what would you give it out of 10 then, Mike? Um, I would say, as an opener for the first work, definitely swaying towards an 8. Mm-hmm. Russ, uh, for me, because of the connection of the song, um, I'd, I'd give it sort of as a, as a nine, probably out of ten. Okay, I'm going to give. I'm going to be a bit harsh on it. Actually, I think it's a good opener to the to the uh, to the EP. Um, but I'm in real danger, of course, is if I start off higher, then I'll give all the all yeah, the ones yeah. I review nine to tens. So I've I've got to measure it up against all their other songs. Uh, I'm going to give this one. A seven, I think. So I think we average out at about an eight, don't you? Which don't we? Which is a pretty good start, I have to say. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. They hit the ground running very well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, um, we've, as, you, as you've probably all heard, we've changed the format of this. We've given you a little bit of news. Uh, we've done our first review, uh, a bit choppy in places, but I'm sure we'll get there. Um, and what we'd really like is to hear your feedback. We really want to hear from you. So if you've got any questions, or even if you want to be on the podcast, if you want to have a chat with us, you want to talk about anything Lacuna Coil, then do contact us. Uh, you can email us at podcast at emptyspiral.net. Uh, you can put a comment on the podcast page over at www.emptyspiral.net. And of course, we've got a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiralnet. And finally, if you've not run out, we've almost run out of places you can contact us, but you can tweet us, which is at emptyspiralnet. I think that's about it, guys. You got anything else you want to add? 
Uh, no, no, just uh, thank you for this. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And may this be like the start of everyone else getting involved as well, if they really want to, and just to contact us and we'll take it from there. Russ? Uh, yeah, again, just following on from uh, what the pair of you have said, obviously it's very much a fans community podcast, so uh, always happy and uh, looking to hear from uh, what the fans have to say, really. Yeah, and get me- more involved. Yeah, me too, me too. Okay, well, speak to you all soon. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>